thinking about what you would say to your best mate if they were feeling the same way and trying to say that, you know, speak that into your own life, you know? Yeah. Um, just just being kind. I mean, be, be kind is the kind of the slogan for 2020 almost, but, you know, be kind to others, but also be kind to yourself and give yourself some slack and don't put too much pressure on yourself. Good everyone, that was Kate Southern. I'm Matt Raymond. I'm Eugene Bingham. And this is Dirt Church Radio, interesting conversations with interesting runners. As ever, Dirt Church Radio is sponsored by Scott Running. Fantastic shoes, keep our feet so nice and so comfy. So comfy, taken care of, validated on our long runs. The Kinabalu Ultra RC is just a fantastic shoe. And if you go to Scott Running, NZ, check out the full line of trail and trail adjacent shoes. I'd say Kinabalu Ultra RC is trail adjacent. It's like the gravel bike of yeah. trail running shoes. Yeah, yeah. It'll get you where you want to go. Perfect kept the shoe, by yeah, the way. Absolutely. Uh, Scottrunning.nz. Uh, Tell them we sent you. Uh, it won't matter. <laughs> well, thanks. So this code you can use, DCR2020, to get VIP membership. 15 months for the price of 12. The other good thing is that they also chip in to the DCR Patreon fund. They do. So they every do. time Mel and Sal give us a little kickback. They do. And they do. So Each month we get a little woohoo. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. So that's great. And the VIP membership, you know, gets you access to a whole bunch of stuff. One of the things they've got there is a library of uh, a back catalogue of great reads and listens and watches. There's 450 pieces of Things that you can read and listen to. And like and the Smithsonian watch. of trail running. They are. They are. They are. And, and you, you get email alerts every time there's a new batch. Yeah. So, yeah. Do that. It does seem apropos as your audience are clearly trail running media consumers. That's what Mel says. I've just totally Ron Burgundied that. You have. You it's have. But that's what we said. You know, that's your audience too, Matt. Uh, right. And get yourself along while you're at it to further faster. They're in Christchurch. There's a jingle. Matt's just lost it. Um, Furtherfaster.co.nz is their website. The best best independent outdoor store in New Zealand. And I'm glad that I'm partnered on this podcast by a true broadcast professional like Eugene Bingham. There we go. Hit the jingle. Hit the jingle. They go something like further, faster, they're in Christchurch. Rocky is hairy and so is Badger. Jules is nice and Jack is delicious. Go further, faster now. Go further, faster, they're in Christchurch. Rocky is hairy and so is Badger. Jules is nice and Jack is delicious. Go further, faster now. Ditchitch Radio. So, episode 107. We made it. We yep. did. Another week of being lockdown Larry's, but hopefully... Our last week of being locked down, Larry's. For now. Yeah. Cross fingers. Cross fingers. Yeah. But yeah. what a strange old week, eh? Sort of yeah. same but different. It, it really does feel different than last time it, around. <laughs> I, I can't tell you how different it feels mm. from last, last time. So, but like you're right. Like funny how you go in phases and stages. Mm. Some things are very similar and some things are very different like I just saw a nurse friend of mine up at the shops and um, she was saying the same thing as I was thinking in lots of ways it's easier because everyone in business or healthcare have kind of got their processes in place Mm. but in so many ways it's different because 
everyone's that much more tired, stressed, uncertain. Yeah. Like we were just talking off um, mic about uh, (laughs) the exciting uh, event of today, my trip to the supermarket, where I just watched people doing stuff that they wouldn't have done last time around, you know, just. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So I think people are a little bit over it. In Auckland anyway, we're in level three still, or hopefully by the time this show comes out, we're going to head back to level two, but fingers crossed. Hey, Speaking of lockdowns and things, can I ask a question, nurse? Go ahead. When running, yes. wear a mask or not wear a mask? Ooh, it's really interesting. I've seen some of our friends out and about with uh so okay, so simple question. Yep. I wouldn't wear a procedural mask running mm-hmm. because if you get them wet, they're useless. Right. If I was running in the city, I would have a buff that I would put around my neck to pull mm-hmm. up. If I was going in amongst people, right, uh, myself at Riverhead or out at Fenuapai, if I was able to socially distance when I'm outside, I wouldn't wear a mask, and I don't when I run out at Riverhead mm-hmm. um, or a buff or a buff. But I have a buff that I wear around my wrist mm-hmm. that I can that I have put on my face at the car park. Yeah. Because I guess what it's about is it's keeping that two meter distance. Mm. So what I'll do is I'll do the same thing as last time. Is if I'm forced to pass someone, mm-hmm. a I'll get I'll try and keep two meters away from them. Yep. I'll turn my head. I'll wave instead of talk. Um, uh, you know, sort of try mm. and keep my respirations away. Um, but if I'm forced to be around people, say at the car park, I'll definitely have a buff on and pull it up over my nose. I think mm. what what they're to, yeah. So Good advice. so. Yeah, and you see it a lot with cyclists in the states and runners in the states. It's it's. I mean, at work now, everyone's in masks. So yeah. I'm in a mask the whole time, time, pretty much. So you, Unless I'm in my office with the door closed and I'm by myself, I'll take my mask off. But I'm really in my office with the door closed. It seems like at the moment. So yeah. um, we're all wearing procedure masks. But yeah, I, I think the the prevailing wisdom is is if you you know. By yourself, I, I wouldn't be wearing one. But if you're yeah. coming into contact, if, if urban runners, I definitely, I'd have something that I could pull up over my face. Mm, that's good advice. Yeah, because it's yeah. been a bit confusing because like, as you say, out and about here, I don't, generally I'm up early, I don't see anyone. And so I'm kind of like in two minds like, oh, should I have one or not? Um, but yeah, if you were in the city and running around people or on busy trails or whatever, then yeah, a buff is a good a buffer in the neck that you can pull up is is a really good option. Yeah, I mean, or a permanent I, and look, buff if you if you're that, is, it's that busy. Yeah, I mean, this is my you know, obviously, please don't take what I'm oh, saying as yeah, gospel. Yeah, yeah. This is my yeah. personal opinion, yes. and um, I know that you know, I know that wearing one of those blue procedure masks, I mean, they're as good as useless when they get wet. Mm. Um, but yeah, something like a buff or a bandana over your face, I mean. That'd be mm. fine. It just sucks wearing them when you yeah. run. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <sighs> yeah. Hey, strange old times. Hey, thank you for that. Looking forward to sharing this catch up with Kate Southern. Yeah, I one of the most impressive things about Kate, uh, and for those who don't know Kate Southern, she is uh she leads 261 Fearless, um, Catherine Switzer's organization in Aotearoa. One of the things that I love about Kate is her advocacy. Yeah. And her positivity um, for getting women into the running community and just the running community in in general, mm. you know, and sort of by degrees, you know, she's sort of this resolutely positive, uh, very grounded mm. human being. And um, and just always yeah. seems to be hands up, like something needs doing. Oh, we haven't got a park run in Palms North. 
let's get yeah, it going. Yeah, I mean, parkruns you know, are, park are a great example. Yeah. Just sort of yeah. getting it getting it together and, getting and doing up, it. Getting it done. Absolutely. Yeah, so that's coming up soon. But first, how how you been, man? Yeah, this. I mean, much like we talked about um, off air, I've been putting in some very long hours this week because it's been really, really busy. Um. Uh Incredibly busy, actually, for mental and health. What, when you say busy, do you mind saying what hours you worked on Friday? Was it Friday, Thursday? I started at eight in the morning. Yeah, and I finished Friday morning at one. Yeah. Uh, and so when you right sent me that, I was like, "Oh, Matt's done a typo." <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Like, no, uh, I mean, pe- whoa. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Far people are putting it. That, that's certainly not an everyday occurrence, right? But those are those are regularly hours that people in in healthcare and especially mental healthcare work. Uh, that was right through, and um, and I was back by. I had a an eight hour. I was back by nine o'clock in the morning, um, and and did the shift Friday. So you know, wow. it's been pretty much a the weekend's been a write off. Yeah. Um, yeah, but you know, you just end up physically and and emotionally and mentally smashed, don't you? When you just exhausted, yes, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Really and and I around. think about you know, it's sort of adding with the <laughs> adding with all the other kind of the stress that's mm. that, that that's been around. You know, um, yeah, it's it's certainly made for not much running this week. But mm. you know, it, it is what it is, and. Uh, these these things will pass, but one thing I will say is, you know, for all I I, I can't believe I used to do this regularly, mm. you know, and and I think that's the thing in terms of I don't know, maybe it's running related, maybe it's not, but like thinking about the pe- people in caring positions and, and jobs and the way that things are structured, I, I, yeah, it's sort of led me questioning a lot of stuff. Mm. Mm. But anyway, how have you been? Oh, yeah, fine, fine, fine. A little bit weird this week with, um, like, I'm a very deadline-driven person. And well, I guess being a journalist, that's yeah, important. Yeah, kind of helps. <laughs> um, and the thing I'm working on at the moment is all sort of heading towards the election, which was supposed to be September September 19, but last week's decision to delay the election, you know, another one that we can chalk up to thanks, COVID, to October 17 sort of just blew things a bit for me, which mm. kind of makes me all a little bit like, oh, oh, oh hang on. Uh, but, you know, there's nothing. It's just a bit of a mental adjustment. Well, I don't think it is nothing. I think it's everything. Oh, it is, but it's but it's the same for everyone, is what I'm saying. I guess you know yeah. we're all having to make these adjustments, aren't we? It's, Absolutely. It's not not the end of the world, and it's nothing dramatic or anything. But it's just we're just having to just adjust all the time, aren't we? Mm. Yeah. And and running wise, I've been mixing some smaller runs with riding the bike. Yay! Um, bit of progress on the heel. So the diagnosis is, and Nurse, you can help me out here. Arcalis tendinopathy. And then yep. the next one I'm struggling with. It's sub- subtendinous retrocalcaneal bursitis. Thank you. And then. I don't know, man. Uh, paraten- I go from. <laughs> Paratenonitis. Anyway, um, basically it's like the Achilles is just a bit angry at me. And yep. the sheath around the Achilles is angry as well. And then there's a the bursitis is not the one that's on the outside of the heel. It's one that's inside. So. It looks like it's not permanent damage, which is great. That's awesome. Yeah, working through a treatment plan with my physio, Becky, at Sports Lab, and and I'm going to check in again with Hannah, the podiatrist there too. So um, fingers crossed. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm pretty pretty positive about it Um, after going through a bit of a kind of like, oh, no, what have I done to myself after this this scan? 
But, well, I um, guess that's another, sorry, that's another adjustment, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. 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 But um, yeah, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. So anyway, we'll see. Yeah. Right. Should I hit the button? Do it. Radio. You got one this week, Matt. I do. So this is a shout out to everyone, but but especially it, it relates to our whānau in Aotearoa and also our whānau in Tamaki Nakoto at the moment in Auckland. So there's so much going on about what an absolute wheelie bin fire this year has been. Um, and, and it feels like we sort of can't get away from it. You just scan social media and there's just memes aplenty, you know, about let's just put the Christmas tree up this year, you know, and we'll call it a year. And it seems really tempting, right? Because mm. <laughs> it's it's August. And, and, and personally, my favorite meme was the one about the wild pigs who got into $22,000 worth of cocaine in an Italian forest. And it was that guy who had who had coke bores for June. <laughs> but even... <laughs> Even the Coke balls seem like a fond memory, right? Yeah. Uh, the one thing I know is that this time with the level three restrictions for those of us in Auckland or the general uncertainty with everything else that's going on in the rest of the country, people are doing it hard. Mm. People are accessing mental health services in unprecedented numbers. You know, people are worried, scared. People are hurting themselves. Uh, and it's not – and it's – People of all genders, all walks of life, ages, socioeconomic status, the stress, fear, and uncertainty of our current moment is sneaking up on people left, right, and center. Um, and the best thing we can do when we feel like this is talk. One of the things that helps me sleep soundly at night is that we have social medicine in this country. So, you know, we have the, the government takes care of our health, our health, and and one three seven. 1737, sorry, is part of the National Telehealth Network. And 1737 is a completely free service that's 24-7 whereby you can phone or text from anywhere to talk to a qualified counsellor about anything. And it's free and confidential. If you're feeling anxious, uneasy, sadder than usual, angrier than usual, or more blah than usual... I would fully recommend you using this service. You know, we always kind of bang on about my kettle's always on or my door's always open, but it's not that easy for people. Mm. 1737, you know, it's it's something that might be really useful for you if you're carrying a lot of this stuff or it's in the background, you know, mm. like it's like that kind of just that little, that it's like with running, it's that little niggle that might sort of, you know, fully burst open and and as with running too taking the first step is often the hardest one yeah. and as with running taking that first step might lead you um to a place of well-being that you hadn't expected so yeah one seven three seven that's great advice of course and it, it's it's kind of not surprising but still um i wasn't gonna say i don't want to say alarming but you know that you that you guys are so busy um, yeah, it's not, not alarming. That's that's. Oh, it's alarming. Word, but, yes. it's, but it's it's like oh, but but it's kind of yeah expected, really, isn't it? Given everything we've gone through and all the all the pressures that are on people and job security and so on. So yeah, one seven three seven. Cool. Or you could run down an insane mountain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we just you see that Ruth Croft was back racing in in Europe and saving her um, kombucha. Um, Scobie, uh, but she lined up at if you saw her on Instagram. But yeah. she lined up at the Matterhorn Old Tracks, I think it's called, and she came fourth in the extreme event. And I went, oh, yeah, extreme event, oh yeah. 
Let's have a look. It's 25 kilometres with 2,800 metres of vert and the video. <laughs> yeah, we were watching oh, it before only. and we were just having uh, almost a equal and opposite reaction. I was yep. frothing yep. And, and Eugene was horrified. I it's was just, hiding out of the desk. Yeah. <laughs> some of those downhills that are just extraordinary with ropes that they're not using, no. um, you know, dashing across like snowmelt river, just yeah. unbelievable. It, absolutely unbelievable. And with Matterhorn right there in the in the sort of background looming over them, uh, extraordinary. Wow. That's <sighs> quite something. And I don't know if you saw in that video too, or was it, there was another one they posted too where – when you come into an aid station, you had to sanitize your hands. Fantastic. Yeah. And I mean, that should be mandatory anyway because people be, are disgusting, <laughs> disgusting shaved apes. And, you know, the thing. Absolutely. You just, before you dip into the communal jelly beans, you should yeah. have a bit of hand sandy in there. Yeah. So you had to, had to, um, had to do your hands. I don't know if you had to get your COVID tracer app out if you were a New Zealander. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. Maybe that's what, maybe Ruth would have been third if she hadn't had to get the tracer app out all the that's time. That's right. Hold the little QR code thing. Yeah, that's right. Because <sighs> Ashley Winfield would have been back in Wellington going, no, she didn't check in there. Mm. Anyway, sorry, I'm being really silly here. But um, look, what about this amazing email we got from Michael Mitchell um, who wrote into us with a greatest friend ever a few months back? Yeah. Do you want to yeah, read it out, Matt? I do. And I'm, I'm, yeah, I feel a little bit sort of, I mean, he calls us out for the emotion that I'm feeling at the moment. But yeah, yeah, which kind of makes this thing, we should jump straight to the third thing, but I don't know. Let's. I reckon we jump straight to the third thing. Yeah, do it. Yeah. So three things, two of which we're going to talk about, one of which we're not. First thing, I just wanted to say how utterly gutting it is for you and your community to have had to call off the relapse. Of course, it's just the race and health, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but it still sucks. Yes, absolutely agree. Yep. Um, second thing, amazing. Thank you so much. We're not going to talk about it because of the reasons that you say. Um, God, third thing, sound uh, a bit weird. <laughs> he was just nice about us, and he was you know, nice we about us. Like, yeah. yep, good on you, mate. Thanks. Yep, yep. And move said on. that we'd probably be all good on you about it and, and move through it, and that's exactly, exactly what we do. Yep. But so the third, third thing. thing. Our DCR cluster, which is what they call themselves, which is really quite lovely, had a whirl at the Bob Graham last weekend. Uh, judging from previous shows, you know what the deal is, and for those who don't, it's a hundred and he's about one hundred and six k, but it's one hundred and sixty k, isn't it? Uh, I think it. You carry on. I'll check. 8,200 metres of vert. Five of us started, Ben Adams, Matt Hopkinson, Matt Gervin, Nick Taylor, and myself. Uh, you may recognise Matt, 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 and me from previous readings, the greatest one ever, absolutely. But three of us starters were stuck down, struck down by gastro partway through and were forced to pull the pin. But two of us managed to bake, make it back to the Moot Hall in 23 hours, 36 minutes, making Matt Gervin and myself the third and fourth New Zealanders in the Bob Graham Club. So chuffed. So it Here's is 106, 66 t- miles. And wow. so that's in the UK. Um, it's a legendary fell running route. Um, 8,200 meters of descent. Oh, wow. Yeah. So the first and the second are Madeline James. Yeah. Mm. There we go. They say that our support crew was spectacular, so spectacular that in the final leg, Dan Begley brought along a wireless speaker for motivation. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> And what did he put on the Pisscasty episode of DCR with Scotty? So hey tangata, hey tangata, hey tangata. Um, many of us will be home before the end of next summer and hope to meet you in person one day in Nohora. Well, we do too. It'll be amazing. Fantastic! Congratulations. That's huge. Well right. done, guys. Greatest, Greatest run, run ever. ever. 
greatest run ever. On to greatest run ever, which is the part of the show where we ask you to write in and tell us your greatest run ever. And look, you've been slack. You've been cowards. Yep. We you've been jackasses. You, you, you Aucklanders, Tamaki Makoto, have been in lockdown three. You've had so much opportunity here to sit down and write your greatest run ever. Not one of you has. They're getting a bit thin on the ground. Come on. You need to send us in some greatest runs ever. You do, please. So it might just be a run around the block or something that's sung to you for some reason. You can send it in to us at dirtchurchradio at gmail.com. And this is from Anthony Priest. My greatest run. Not sure how to pick one. I've been running properly for 10 years now as a way to manage my mind and life battle. Side note, I've lived in 47 different places in 47 years. A very unsettled person. Wow. Quite the nomad. I've moved to Waihee six years ago and stepped it up running five kilometers a day plus 150 to 200 kilometers a week on the bike. Absolutely obsessed bike rider. Moved up to management role and confirmed workaholic. I had a very dark patch. Not sure how I'm still here. Probably the fact that every chance I get, I would run or ride. Incidentally, my best ride ever was riding from Waihee to Tauranga over the Kaimai Range and back to Waihee versus Te Aroha. Amazing being on top of the Kaimai Road at 8 a.m. Anyway, now living in Blenheim, my fitness life really stepped up. Apparently, Blenheim's awesome for running. Mm. He says he's been there nearly three years now. As of September last year, I was riding 250 kilometers a week. Every now and then, I would bike to Nelson and back at the gym six times a week and running 100 kilometers a week. If a truck or loader had to be delivered somewhere, I'd do it and run home from the drop-off point, <laughs> always looking for a run. But 30th September last year, my dad passed away. My rock. The only opinion that mattered to me, about, and the wheels fell off. I stopped dead. I didn't run for four months, didn't do anything. I did do one half marathon, but struggled so much mentally, I've never felt as low as I did in that run. So I did nothing. And then thought this hole is getting deep. So back to the gym, riding and running routine pushed by my wife, boss, and a couple of mates, slowly getting there. Had a great run this morning, actually, he writes. 12 kilometers at 3 a.m., not particularly fast, but felt strong, and my dog, who always runs with me, was on form. My greatest run ever was on a frosty morning. I left my house at 3 a.m. and headed up Wither Hills via Dry Hills access and then onto the radio towers, all the while the fog thickened. Do 90% of, 99% of my riding and running in the a.m. in the darkness. I wasn't running great, but by the time I got to the top of the Quail Stream track, then up Twin Twains, Twin Tanks to Witch's Hat and down around to Taylor Car Park and then hit the roll up to Taylor Dam down the river, the pace setting in, feeling fast. Then a funny thing happened. I passed another runner doing short sprints and felt so good in an instant the sun popped up to this amazing sunrise. Still another 10k to go around Taylor to Blenheim Central. The odd person out and about, a couple of whom were I think the timekeeper for Park Run and yelled up, you won, jokingly. <laughs> then out to Alabama Road, then home. No crazy excitement, just felt fast and strong. The inner contentment like I was finally a real runner. Well, That's brilliant, Anthony. Yeah. 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 Thank you for your on the honesty. Yeah. Is is quite amazing. Yeah. Like, Talked several times about yeah. Yeah. Look. Really honest and and kind of feeds into some of what you were saying as, earlier as well. And just you know keep on running and riding and talking, hey, Anthony. Yeah. Now the rest Thank of you. Thank you so much. Send in your greatest runs ever. Send in your greatest runs ever. Go on, do it. Right. <sighs> right. On to our show, Kate Southern. So she's based in the Manawatu. She's a bit of a local legend. She's involved with the Manawatu Striders and 261 Fearless, the organization set up by the great Catherine Switzer to encourage and empower women to run. She also helps set up the Palmerston North Park Run, which Eugene is a massive fan of. Basically, if there's something to be done, you'll find Kate with her hand up. And she also t finds time to run herself. And despite saying she would never, she recently was training for the Hawke's Bay Marathon. Um, Kate's advocacy of women in the running community is incredible, and we're stoked to have her on. So here we go, 
Kate Southern. Dirt Radio. All right, we're here with Kate Southern. Kia ora, Kate. How are you going? Kia ora, guys. I'm good. How are you? Very good. excited thanks to have for, you on. Um, yeah, very excited to have you on. And thanks for um, stepping up with your sore throat. It's nothing too serious. Yeah, no, all good. Just uh, just one of those um, awesome cold things. <laughs> 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 it's it's a funny coincidence, isn't it? The time, the sort of yeah. the time that we're living in, that yeah. it, and, and what we're going through, and it's cold and flu season, so it's even more kind of more gnarly and disconcerting than it already is. Absolutely, yeah. But hey, look, you're coming to us from the Manawatu. How's how's everyone? And um, and feels like we ask this question of everyone, but it's the question on everyone's lips. How's everyone doing down there? Well, we're good, as you know. We're on level two, so it's uh, life. Sort of as normal, but obviously with um, gathering restrictions. Um, yeah, I mean, we're just thinking of you guys all up in Auckland and, you know, doing the hard yards and hoping, hoping like anything, that you guys can get a bit more normality back really soon. Yeah, it's, it's, it's certainly... Uh... It's certainly interesting times, but mm. it could be worse, I guess. I mean... You talk about the, those gathering restrictions. I mean, you are, I mean, one of the reasons we wanted to have you on was, you know, your advocacy and, and, and your sort of fostering of community, but you're involved with 261 Fearless and, and Park Run. I mean, is yes. are we not park running at the moment? No park run, sadly. Um, <laughs> obviously, we've been here before during lockdown 1.0, um, and that was quite an extended period. Um, we were glad to have it back again. It's it's gone for now, but we'll be back again soon. And I know that everyone's as excited as I am to get to get back into it when we're allowed to, whenever that might be. Hopefully soon. I love parkrun. <laughs> Eugene loves parkrun as well. I love parkrun. I love parkrun. I really do. Yeah. And I love its inclusiveness and just the way that it draws people in, no matter what, you know, walking, running, the speedsters, the you know, everyone, everyone in between. It's just, I love it. I love it. For sure. It's a real community. And yeah. um, I realised how much I'd missed it on that very first day we went back after the first lockdown and just seeing everybody again. It was, yeah, it was awesome. So we'll look forward to that again soon. Yeah, it's like uh-huh. we get it, get it second time around, don't we? Sorry, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. I mean, that's the thing too. Like you, I mean, this, I mean, I, I'm, I'm looking at my parkrun barcode uh, as I stand here. It's um, pinned in a certain place so I don't forget it. But, I mean, it, it seems to be one of those things that you, you either like me that you do a couple of times and you think, oh, that's pretty cool, or mm. you really, really get, you know, like uh, yourself and, and, and Eugene, who when we go for our big runs on the weekend, you know him, Sean and Daniel, all you talk about parkrun and mm. – the the personalities that turned up and so and so ran this and so and so did this it's it, it is such a strong community it's it's quite mind blowing it really is um I've had the privilege of seeing it from the other side as the event director and being involved with starting it up in the town and I think that gives it a really um an extra specialness for want of a better word um really getting to know people in the community and seeing people come along starting from just walking um, to jogging a little bit and then, you know, they're jogging a bit more and they've set their new PB and then they're jogging a bit more. Then all of a sudden they're, you know, running under 30 minutes for for 5K and it's the best thing ever. Um, I've seen so many transformations of people who've come along 
And yeah, I just think oh, park runs for everybody. I think if you haven't given it a go, just go and give it a go. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> you won't regret it. Yeah. Uh, how did I mean? What was your start with park run? I mean, and that's that's what I was referencing that the fact that you are the organizer yes. uh, <laughs> of park run in the Manawatu, which is no small free. How did you get involved? Um, well, initially it was for quite selfish reasons, I'll admit. Um, I'd seen it on social media. I'd followed a few people um, in New Zealand and Australia who had park runs in their towns, and I thought, why don't we have one in Palmerston North? We've got this beautiful riverside walkway. It'd be perfect for a 5K. Um, so I got in touch with them and um, figuring that somebody else must have already written in and for some reason they weren't allowed to, and I was surprised with that nobody else had. Um, and so in a couple of months after that, there was somebody else who'd also written in, so we got put in touch, and from there we had two of us, <laughs> which makes things a lot a lot easier when you've got someone to bounce ideas off. And within six months, we were up and running in Palmerston North. Never, never something I thought I would do. Um, I'm quite a shy person. Um, I never imagined I would be up the front giving um, run briefings with a loudspeaker and organising <laughs> people and and all of that. But oh, it's been so good for me personally. I've I've really grown out of the whole experience, and um, yeah, it's probably the best, one of the best things that's happened to me in the last few years for sure. And how big was it when you started? How the first time you put on oh. a park run? How many people turned up? We had two hundred and thirty-eight, I believe, which is massive. And it also happened to be the record inaugural event <gasps> at the time. So. We were just thrilled at that. What, 238 people. No, no, sorry, just in New Zealand, not worldwide. In New Zealand at the time, that was the highest number that had come for the inaugural parkrun. That's massive. Well. Mm, it is. <laughs> our, um, on our, I think on our first or second birthday, we had 250 and, or 258. can't remember. Somewhere around there is our maximum but typically, um, obviously in the winter months, it's a bit lower, but I think our year-round average is around 160 people a week. That's brilliant. Yeah, it's really cool. What's the what's the course in Palmerston North? So are you familiar with Palmerston North at all? I'm reasonably familiar. I've been down for work quite a bit but and done a little bit of running, but talk, talk me through it as if I haven't been yeah. there. Well, you know the main bridge that heads out um, from the CBD out towards Massey? Yep. Yes. Yep. So you start there and then you just run upstream for two and a half K and then turn around and come back again. Brilliant. Yeah, so it's really easy. No navigational um things to worry about there. It's uh, really easy to put on. We only need one marshal at the end to make sure people turn around. <laughs> um yeah, it's brilliant. It's a really fast course. We've got the uh the record for the fastest park run um in New Zealand as well. So Ooh, Come down and give it a go sometime. What's that? Yeah. What? Oh, it was, uh, f- I want to say 14.55. What? Wow. Yeah. Wow. If maybe that's, a few seconds either side of that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah a yeah. sub 15. Very that's fast. Quick, that's quick enough. What's the Millwater uh, PB that you, the one that you mm. go to, Eugene? Oh, I don't know what the course records are, but. Um, Certainly not 14. They certainly don't have a 14 in them. 
Yeah. Yeah. And funnily enough, I've never had to look up the course record, Matt. (laughs) (laughs) Something you've never worried about? No, no. (laughs) Me neither. I mean, you're no, you're definitely no slouch, though, Eugene. I think you're hiding your uh, light under yeah, your Yeah, but no, not not challenging anywhere near there. So no, no, no. Not but what what about your running, Kate? So can you tell us about how how you got into running? How did you find running? Yeah, sure. Um, so my running journey started um, as a lot of people's journeys start with a desire to lose some weight. I figured it was the cheapest way I could lose a bit of weight. And for me, it was after the birth of my second baby. I've got I've got three boys. Mm-hmm. Um, so after the, the second child, I'd pack them in the buggy and off I'd go. I started with the couch to 5K and ticked that off as I went along. And But it wasn't long that I realized that actually it wasn't about losing the weight. It was more about having something that was just for me. It wasn't about nappies. It wasn't about cleaning up and washing clothes and all of that housewife mum life stuff it was something for me and I think that's why it stuck for me that time I mean I've tried running a lot over the years Um, I was super active as a teenager at school I played pretty much all of the sports and then I moved to Palmerston North to study and I did nothing at all um and it was quite hard to get out of that habit, I suppose. Yeah, so, it is, isn't uh, it? nothing, nothing really ever, nothing really ever stuck until I found running. Yeah. Where did yeah. you move from? I grew up in Wanganui. All oh, right. Yeah. So born and bred in Wanganui, and then I moved an hour down the road. Met my husband there. Uh, yeah, the, and the big smoke. We, eh? we stayed here. Yeah. <laughs> so we're still here. Um, no, we love it here. It's an awesome place to raise a family. It's just big enough, and but not too big. Yeah, that's oh. great. And that, that you're totally right about that habit and how often it's hard to get something to stick. And you, you know, you'd mentioned you'd tried a couple of other times, but then eventually it does, doesn't it? And that's that's the key, isn't it? Is making forming a habit. And find and finding the joy. I mean, I guess that's the thing. You've you found your own joyful thing in running. Or the, I th- did. the thing that makes you joyful about running. I did. But I also found that I could set myself small challenges like, you know, ticking off the couch to five K. Wow, I can run five K. Who knew I could do that? I wonder if I could do that under thirty minutes. I wonder if I could I could do 6K, if I could do 7K. And then I was <laughs> signing up for 10K events and all that sort of thing, and then later on half marathons. But it, it starts with just a simple a simple step, really, and a, and a small goal, and you get those wins along the way, and it just feeds the fire, I suppose. And, spe- you know, speaking of that, you, you know, you talk about sort of advancing goals and processes and stuff. I mean, you did something that recently or you started something that you said that you weren't going to do. You you started training for a marathon. I did. And about, unf- about six months ago, I was adamant I would never run one. <laughs> I was sorry. So here we are. I just thought, well, I don't need to. <laughs> it's really wonderful uh, to hear you say that. Um, I think, you know, one of the criticisms that's that gets leveled at trail running or is it so closely tied to ultramarathon running? And there's certainly something that we've we've dealt with on this show is this mm. sense of 
distance doesn't necessarily equal probity. You know, like you don't have to progress from doing 5K runs to doing 10K to doing 15 to doing a 100K run or a marathon or, yeah. or whatever. Yeah, and I've, I'm so glad you've said that because it's something I feel quite strongly about. Um, I feel like um, social media is awesome. It has its places, but um, if you're not following the right people, you can quickly f- feel like you're not quite adequate enough because you're not running X amount of kilometres a week or you're not training for the, you know, you tick off a half marathon, so the next logical step is a marathon, and then after that, well, let's do an ultra, you know. Well, mm. there's, there's absolutely nothing wrong with changing your goals to maybe getting faster at a set distance or just enjoying enjoying your training and enjoying the the process of training for each event you know mm. yeah and, and so what 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 changed your mind i think i just realized i needed another another challenge yeah i I'd, I'd done i haven't done that many half marathons probably less than 10 um but i i just in the back of my head i thought i wonder if i could do it and they they say that a goal should excite you and scare you at the same time. And for me, the thought of running forty two point two kilometers really terrifies me. But the the thought of finishing that really excites me. So I thought, oh well, okay, let's go for it. Yeah. And when did you find out that it was cancelled? Oh, this week, oh. <laughs> last week. Was it Tuesday? I don't know. Somebody messaged me and. And, um, yeah, it was pretty disappointing. I had a little cry because, of course, I'd been training. I was training for the Hawke's Bay Marathon, which was going to be in May initially. Then that was postponed, so I sort of backed off a bit and recovered. And then I started building again for the new date in September. Then that's cancelled. So it it looks like I'll be running one around Palmerston North pretty soon. So look out for that. I can't let all this training go to waste now. Honestly. And and you know I think that that's that's what we're seeing at the moment with you know heaps of events being cancelled, uh, postponed, cancelled, and and yeah, this you know I I certainly think that in terms of both participant and race organizer, you're not the only person out there having a little cry, you know. Yeah. And 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 it's a completely natural reaction. But so so you you're planning a, a solo mission, are you? I am. Yeah, my husband has also been training for his first marathon. We were going to do it together, but not together because he's faster than me. So um, he would have, you know, watched me finish, which is a nice way of looking at it. Uh, So we'll we'll sit down and we'll make a course and we'll um, palm off the kids for a weekend and and just make a weekend of it, I guess. Oh, how lovely. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice that you can actually train uh, or train adjacent to you. Probably not yes. with three boys. You're probably not training with your husband an awful lot, but uh, no, no. <laughs> tra- train adjacently for the same goal. That's 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 lovely. It's, yeah, it's, it's, a... it's very it's very much a tag team approach. But because we're training for the same thing, we've got the same the same goals each week. So you know, oh, we've got a three hour run. Where are you going to do your three hour run? And blah blah blah. And <laughs> if we ever do, if we ever do get that. Uh, child-free weekend, you know, we'll we'll plan a, a trail run together. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of like our, our date. <laughs> it's really nice. That's so, yeah. Oh, gosh, that's 
Oh, my Lord. It's so, it's, it seems like it's such a ubiquitous thing, isn't it? That everyone's, everyone's feeling, but it's, it's lovely that you can kind of take that, um, look at it from the other side that, you know, it's something that Eugene's been talking about a lot recently and the fact that, you know, stuff happens and you kind of have to adapt to that stuff happening and you could spend all your time being sad and sort of mourning the loss of what was happening. But also you never know when you're going to get another child-free weekend or get to run, you know, what a cool story is that? We That, that time we ran around Palmerston North together. Exactly. And I mean, it's probably going to be a lot harder because I'll be on my own. But, I mean, that's just a greater challenge to overcome, I guess, and greater feelings of accomplishment once it's done. So we'll go with that. <laughs> that's such a, like you say, Matt, that's such a great attitude. And, <clears throat> yeah, we can we can get hung up on medals and T-shirts and things, don't we? But that's not really why we run. We run it f- for those personal things. And you're going to walk the walk on that, you know, walk the talk on that. I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) You will, you will. (laughs) I will. I know I can do it. (laughs) And coming from that position of I I don't want to run a a marathon to then training for a marathon and and aiming for one, how did did you find it? How did I find the training? Yeah, how did did you go, you know, and from being, from coming from that position of not wanting to do a marathon, suddenly you're training for a marathon and, and aiming for one. How was that for you? I've actually truthfully really loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I I think I'm very much a processed processed person. Um, and of course, if you've never run longer than um, a half marathon on the road, then every long run as it gets longer is a new a new tick, it's a new um, milestone achieved, I suppose. So, mm. you know. Oh look, I ran twenty-five. Oh, I did twenty-seven. Oh my gosh, I ran thirty k. Who would have thought? Um, no, I've really enjoyed it, and the the body's held up pretty well, apart from this cold at the moment. But it's okay. You know, the good thing about a cancelled marathon is that I can run it whenever I want. So, I'm just putting a pause on my <laughs> training for a couple of weeks, and then I'll get back into it later. Yeah, yeah. It's I actually there's something about a marathon build up. But it doesn't have to. It's not not because it's a marathon builder. But I, I Matt and I talk about this all the time too. That I much prefer the training for an event than the event Absolutely. itself. You know, yeah. there's something about having that goal and and ticking off those achievements as you as you make your way through it. I I don't know about you guys, but I find doing. I love doing events. I love the social aspect. I love catching up with mm. people and. I don't mind a medal, <laughs> I would admit it. The race photos are usually pretty good too. Um, but I often will put quite a lot of pressure on myself to perform, especially for a road event yeah. where people will ask you what time you did. And an example of this is uh, I went up and did the Topol half yeah. a few weeks ago. And it was a late entry. I managed to to get a free entry, so I thought I might as well pop up and do that. And I sort of let some expectations of time goals get into my head. I thought, oh, I, I think I can do this time. And, yeah, I probably could. I'm in a really good position. But I didn't do that time. But I was only 20 seconds off my PB. But afterwards I felt like I'd failed. And mm. it was it was terrible. Mm. And so luckily I have a number of really good friends who kind of gave me a bit of a kick up. They hmm. 
the backside and say, well, look what you've done. And, you know, you're in the midst of marathon training and, you know, not every day is going to be your day. But I think that's the part of events that sometimes can can catch me out a bit. But I'm not saying I don't want to run events. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's yeah, let's that's, keep that's those. Right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Let's absolutely. bring them back when we can. Yes, please, 2020. But, um, yes. <laughs> but, but that is, we can be really hard on ourselves, can't we? Absolutely. Oh, for sure, yeah. And how how did yeah. I mean so with the with the help of those friends and so on that you sort of worked your way through that? Yeah. Oh, they just they just um, pointed out the positives, and mm-hmm. then I was able to actually see them for myself. And I think to um, kind of where are my words gone? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thinking about what you would say to your best mate if they were feeling the same way yeah. and trying to say that, you know, speak that into your own life, you know. Mm. Yeah. Um, just just being kind. I mean, be, be kind is the kind of the slogan for 2020 almost. But, you know, be kind to others, but also be kind to yourself and give yourself some slack and don't put too much pressure on yourself. I think it's mu- I think it's much harder to it's much easier to be kind to other people than it is to be I kind think, to yourself. I think it is. Yeah, and I think you're absolutely right. And I, I think that, um, you know, when when you can when you consider that, and I guess this sort of segues into the next bit I want to talk about. When you consider that, and you, and you especially you consider uh, women within, you know, the competitive sphere, or especially yeah. like half marathons, marathons, any sort of trail run. There is that sense, and we we hear it with so many guests that we have on that sort of the the negativity that's comes from within is by far the hardest. Yes, you also are the, and I don't know your official title. I guess you, you are the the lead, or you set up, or you are the grand wizard <laughs> of. <You> can, uh, <laughs> I'm you not can sure call me they're... madam. You can call me madam president if you like. <laughs> okay, I think we're madam going. President. We're going with that title. Right. We'll go, we'll go with madam president of um, yes. Two Six One Fearless. Yes. In Aotearoa. Now, for those who might have, I don't know, come late to the Dirt Church Radio Party or don't know what Two Six One Fearless is, what is it? Okay. Um, well, we start with the amazing legacy of Catherine Switzer. And if you don't know who Catherine Switzer is, then you need to go back to episode whatever of Dirt Church Radio and listen to her interview and listen to her own story. But essentially Catherine was the first woman to officially enter the Boston Marathon in 1967. And this is back when uh, it was a men's only race. Women weren't allowed to run any further than, I think it was 800 metres or something. Because your uteruses yeah. would fall out. Yes. Oh, yes. Far too delicate and reproductive <laughs> organs will, would move around and not jostle too much. Science. Yes, yeah. yeah, science. Hashtag <laughs> science. And uh, so she entered. Uh, she was um, spotted on the course by the race director and um, essentially assaulted. Um, and she had her bib ripped in the process. And her bib number that day was 261. And so um, for many years later, she Catherine would hear from women who um, found that particular number, 261, to signify strength and courage and fearlessness. 
And so Catherine decided um, to set up a foundation called 261 Fearless, which is a, a global movement aimed at getting women into running and empowering, basically empowering women through running all around the world. How did you so come to be involved? Well, <laughs> again, social media is pretty awesome. Um, I got a message from Rachel Smalley one day, and Rachel Smalley even has her own Dirt Church radio interview as well. Go listen to that one. Uh, and she messaged me and she said, can I give you a call? And, and I said to my, hus- my husband, Rachel Smalley wants to call me. What for? And so very nervously I accepted the call and, and she said, now, have you heard of 261 Fearless? And I said, yes, I'm in. I'll do it. <laughs> Without her even saying what she was going to say. Um, so basically, Catherine had approached Rachel about uh, getting 261 Fearless into New Zealand. And Rachel approached a couple of other women who she thought would be a good fit to get it started. And um, I was one of those people, which is I am still gobsmacked when I think about it and just think it was an amazing opportunity and I'm so glad I said yes. And what does it involve? Like what, what's the, is it is it organised runs or is it support? Yes. Yeah, so it's a, it's a uh, non-competitive women's only running club. So we meet once a week. Uh, it's very casual. It's a lot of talking a lot of chatting and catching up and, and laughing. Uh, we do a bit of running as well. And it's basically a really, really supportive group of women who encourage each other along the way. And, uh, oh, I love it. I love it. They're just, um, we've got a club in Palmerston North, obviously. I lead that one. Uh, we've got a couple in Auckland and a few others that we're hoping to get started really soon. More on that to come. Oh, that's 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 amazing, and it's, it's interesting, isn't it? That no, it's not interesting. It's it's that perception of of when Catherine Switzer, you know, there's that photo, and it was one of Time's hundred best photos of the twentieth century, and there's that photo of the race director who thought it would be totally appropriate to, you know, and I think of my like yourself at Parkrun or myself as a race director running yeah. onto the field yeah. and grabbing someone. That's and, awful, isn't it? And and physically manhandling them and, and then yeah. you know there's that that shot of her boyfriend at the time who you know just basically flattened the race director <laughs> yeah, it's a great photo it's a great photo but you didn't I didn't sort of I never picked up and it's I think it comes from a very the gendered place of, of the absolute fear of that moment for her yeah and that's something I hadn't actually thought about either until I heard her speak about mm. that she used the word, I think she used the word assault. She did and, use the word um, assault, yeah. Yeah, and I realised, yeah, that's exactly what it was. And um, what an amazing thing she's done by finishing that race that day and then going on to champion women's marathon running um, and just running globally, what she's done for women everywhere, not just women runners, but women in general. Absolutely. And that's that's the thing, isn't it, is that, you know, if she'd finished that race in 1967, she could probably still be doing talks around the world and appearing on podcasts and stuff, just about that one thing. But she yeah. didn't let it stop there. She carried mm-hmm. on and she, yeah. you know, look at what she's done. And, 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 and she's conscious that she wants to leave a legacy too. She wants it to go beyond her. It's phenomenal. 
I've spent um, spent a bit of time with Catherine over the past wee while. It's been really good having her in New Zealand, actually, because she's still here mm. uh, because of COVID. Um, but she is she's a real champion of other women, and you can just feel that she is right behind, mm. right behind me, right behind any woman who wants to step up and help other women mm. find their own strength. Um, yeah. And I just. Yeah, I just dream of even a fraction of a legacy like that. I just think, yeah. Yeah, extraordinary. And that, that's the thing too, and you mentioned this, that, that 261 Fearless is, is not just about running. And it's, you know, so much of running is not really about running. Mm. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's much bigger than that. Yeah, I've seen some pretty pretty awesome friendships develop through our, our club here in Palmerston North. And I've I've seen women go from strength to strength. There was one particular woman, I won't name her, but I know that she'll be happy for me to talk about her story. She uh, she was a fellow kindy mum and I saw her at another local running event one day and she said that she was, her goal was to run, by the end of the series, to run the whole way around the 3K course. I said, that's awesome. You should come and join us at 261 on a Wednesday and gave her all the details and uh, she t- she did turn up that Wednesday, and she later told me that she parked down the street, and you know debated with herself whether she was brave enough to go, and you know what was she doing going to a running group when she wasn't even a runner, and people will judge her and and all of that. But she came along that day, and she's gone on to run numerous 10k events. She's out training all the time she was going to be doing her first half marathon at Hawke's Bay as well and yeah I just (laughs) it's been awesome for her and and I I can see it helping a lot of other women too Mm. and and you mentioned it you know imagine the the confidence all those other things the positivity that's come from that and and you mentioned it yourself too with with you know you were a shy person and yet you find yourself standing up in front of a park run on the bullhorn yeah. or whatever, you know. It, I remember that that first day. I was so nervous, <laughs> and um, even actually after lockdown, um, the first one back after lockdown, I was really nervous again. It had been, you know, hmm. eight or nine weeks since I've been in front of a crowd of people. But oh, what the hey? Um, <laughs> it's fine. Nobody's really worried about what you're doing or what you're saying. But I certainly have become a more confident person through the different roles that I've had, and that's all because of running yeah yeah and because you're it's, also involved with Manawatu two striders i am yes so i'm the <laughs> are there any hats you don't have <laughs> i know i've actually um, no one locally is the running lady but well, I've, some one person told me that um but i do have my finger in a few pies um so i'm the club administrator but also the event coordinator for Manawatu two striders so we have uh, three three running events that we put on during the year uh, one of them was cancelled um, in May uh, because of, you know, the C word. Hmm. Um, and we've got another event coming up in November, which obviously nobody's going to be certain what sort of conditions we might be under then. So you always got in the back of your mind, what what could we change if we were under alert level two? Or could we run the event? Um, yeah, that's that's been a pretty awesome job. I I felt a bit like the cat that got the cream when I landed that role because it was something that I love. 
Um, it was with people, and I was getting paid for it. It was um, it's such a fun job, and there's there's so many different aspects to it. Um, yeah, I really love it. It's a great job. And is is your background in event management, or is, did, no, did you study? No, not at all. No, I did actually did a bachelor of engineering at Massey. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is quite funny because um, I left to have my first son and I I didn't return. So I was a stay-at-home mum for 10 years. Uh, we have a small business um, at home that I look after the books for that and, you know, keeps me busy. Um, so, yeah, it was it was pretty cool that the woman who'd had the job before me was incredibly organised and left behind um, an amazing set of files that basically I could just pick up and run with, um, which made the job a whole lot easier. Um, but it's been really fun learning some new skills and, um, you know, learning about things like negotiating and uh, marketing and uh, sponsorship. And... <laughs> You know, things like that. Yeah, people management skills. Because when yeah. you're working with people, uh, you've, you know, not, not two people are the same, and you know, you have to learn how to, how to communicate with different people in different ways, um, to get the to get the results that you want. And you know what I mean. <laughs> Look, I, I mean, I think I speak for, for both Eugene and I and say that people are funny critters, you know, like I, <laughs> yes. so, so, some some weekends I'd much rather like shovel mulch because, you know, like you put the mulch into the wheelbarrow and it stays, it there, stays there and there. It, it doesn't want, <laughs> you know, or, or, or whatever. But it's what strikes me is, and I think about, I mean, Kate Southern, you're really, really, really punk rock because you just... Like you think about, I, I think about like all the cool stuff that I that I know and, and grew up with from shows to independent record labels to independent anything. That's just people turning up. Mm. You know, it wasn't necessarily the person with the event management degree or the the person who could run a, you know, a 1450 and change park run or whatever. It's just someone who turned up and went, start today. Like I'm going to start this now. Um and I think it, it speaks to your, you know, your advocacy and your sense of community. And it's a, yeah, it's it's a it's quite a uniquely sort of down home, very New Zealand approach that you bring to it. It's it's quite wonderful. It's thank not you. even a question. It's just me validating. <laughs> How do I respond? I thank you. That's a really nice thing to say. There you go. That's good. One yeah. thing I did want to ask. One thing I did want to ask you though, and I think this has been picked up on by uh, this has been picked up on by a friend of mine, and I knew this is the first I think I heard of you. He he commented like, "There's this lady from Palmerston North. She always comments on my Instagram." photos about me running or something like that and she's so nice and encouraging and it, and it was you your voice on social media is really it's it's encouraging and it's very authentic um and like you said you've referenced it before it it can be a a, a, a shark tank social mm. media <laughs> do you do you struggle with sort of having an authentic voice in you know the said shark tank I I just try to be myself. <clears throat> Sorry, my voice is going now. Um, I just try to be myself and um, 
be really careful about who I'm following, um, for starters. That makes a big difference. Follow the people that um, inspire you and feed you and nourish you, I suppose. But also just, I, I think I'm just naturally an encouraging person and I know, I know, treat others the way you want to be treated is something that I choose to live by and I know that I love to be encouraged and I am encouraged daily on Instagram. There's an awesome bunch of people on there. The running community in New Zealand is, is really great. Um, yeah, treat others the way you want to be treated is probably <laughs> what I want to say about that. Yeah. It's, it's it seems to be such a it's it's a simple message though right yeah but it is something that's been lost I think we can all and anyone listening you know when you sort of <clears throat> someone annoys you and you get hit up about it and then you get into this kind of weird feedback loop or you get into an argument God forfend online yeah. and then it's sort of everyone goes to bed grumpy you know and, and you realise yeah. that that's possibly not the best. I don't know, four hours of your day <laughs> that you've spent yeah. ruminating yeah, about yeah. that. It's, it's if, you go, if you go looking for it, there's plenty of drama on social media and it can be really negative. Um, but I think the key is, and this goes for not just social media but life in general, you know, people will act in weird ways <clears throat> sometimes. And it's pretty much never about you. It's about them. It's um, mm. And it's their own insecurity. It's their own... It's their own past. It's something that's triggered them and they're acting out in a certain way and, you know, they've said something or they've typed something and it's not come across the right way. I just, just try to let it go. Thankfully, I haven't I haven't had any neg- negative um, messaging on my own social media, which I'm really grateful for, but I have seen, I have seen it on other people's pages and I don't know. Yeah. If you don't have anything kind to say, don't say anything at all, really. Yeah, yeah. It's it's weird. I I get a little bit of feedback from time to time just through through work, and some of it's pretty unkind. But it's quite funny. I find if you go back to someone with a kind of a like, if you don't escalate it, I mean, it's it, different things are different things, and and obviously there's a lot of horrible stuff out there online but often I find if I just go back to someone and go hey thanks for that feedback um I didn't agree with it but you know interesting to hear your point of view they they melt away and it's yeah I guess we are in a society where people are kind of looking for a fight almost all the time yes and if you don't bring them that fight and kind of like oh oh really it kind of it can do sometimes it doesn't work but but yeah I think that message that you that you that you have of you know, treat people how you'd like to be treated is so important. Yeah. Mark Manson talks about the fact that if you outrage, so, uh, you know, Eugene Bingham, you wrote something, you're a real dick. Uh, I don't agree with it. And I'm, I hate your writing that sort of sense of outrage and then sort of, you know, throwing the marshmallow of the email into the volcano of social media. It gives you a, it talks about gives you a, a, almost a moral boost, mm. like this automatic kind of because it's it's vic, it's a victimless crime essentially. We, the second you press the end, it's not, but it feels like it, right? Sure, you press yeah, the return yeah. button and it's gone. You say that to someone's face, you you're going to get yeah. you know the reaction of their remorse, or you know, uh, in some cases probably a clip around the ear or <laughs> whatever, you know. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, one of my favorite ones is um, Scotty Stevens. He said, you know, he always says to people who will call him out publicly, he'll say generally, no one will ever say something if they if they say something derisive to you. They'll never say it if you're walking towards them and you've got ten meters in front of you. They'll say yeah. it as they're just past you. Yeah, you know, and he says he's got a stock answer. He turns around. He says, "You had fifty meters to say that to me." <laughs> which I, I wish I was that composed, but yeah, yeah. And by the way, Matt, I wish I haven't replied to that email that you sent me, with, which you just read out word for word. But I will. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I was in. I was, I was very upset. <laughs> um. So, Kate, how how do you juggle all that you have? I mean. Well, first, we just wanted to check too. What's what's the business that you've got? Give it a plug. Oh, so we're called uh, Flight Sounds Limited, and we manufacture um, aviation headset adapters. So, um, if you're a pilot and you're wanting to do some extra flight sim training, um, you can connect your real world headset to your computer and hear yourself talk and hear the plane engine sounds and. All of that sort of stuff. Sounds pretty engineery yeah. to me. I yeah, mean, no. my, <laughs> my husband's also an engineer and he ah. uh, he designed it himself. Um, and we sell them all around the world. Brilliant. He's very clever, my husband. And so are yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, he's the clever oh, one. Team. I'm the, <laughs> I'm the, I'm the, the uh, manufacturing monkey. So I sit at the table and I make them all up and send them off to their various places around the world and, yeah. you know, all it, of that sort of stuff. It's possibly the most niche answer to a day job I think I've <laughs> ever heard. <laughs> it's You're incredible. <laughs> it's a very and again, it's a uniquely Kiwi thing. Eh? Like we're in Manawatu, yeah. which oh, I guess you know you've got, it's it's quite an aviation, you know, a uh, bit of a hub down there. But yeah, you make f- that's that engineering kind of marvels that you put together probably in your kitchen table and then ship around the world. Fantastic. It came, it came out of a. Uh, I've got. I've got a problem or there's something I want to do with this. How can I make it work? Um, and that's what he did and figured that other people elsewhere would want to to use one too. So, and then there's your business. Brilliant. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Yeah. And so I will, I'll, I'll use, um, I'll circle back to try to get an aviation mm. reference in there. Um, how on <laughs> earth do you, do you have all these different things in the air how do you keep on top of things? You've got so much on the go. Well, truth be told, I don't I don't always have everything up in the air. Mm-hmm. You know, there's always housework and things that you know, you always find you always find time for your your passions and your priorities. Um, but I'm lucky I've got a really supportive husband who is my biggest champion. Um, he loves seeing me get out and um, help other people, and he's always there for me. So I think that really helps. Mm. And the kids, the kids, my kids are eleven, eight, and six. I just had to think about it. We just had a round <laughs> of birthdays, um, and you know they they love seeing mum and dad out running. You know, mum's going for a run, dad's going for a run, and um, they've all done a park run or two with us. Cute. I hope to get them to do more. Yeah, I can still beat them all. But um, it won't be long, actually. Once their legs get a bit longer, then um, <laughs> then they'll leave me behind. <laughs> they can start pacing me after that. It's it's amazing you talked about that whole sense of like yeah the, that thing of balance and it's such a it's such a myth 
you know, like I, and again, I, I wonder like if, in, if anyone has uh, anything, I'm so suspicious of people who seem to have it all worked out. Chances are they probably don't. There's no. probably something that's been, you know, pushed under the couch or hidden somewhere, you know. It's, yeah. it's okay not to have everything balanced all the time. I mean, that should always be our goal and we should never be um, too one-eyed about anything to the detriment of anything else. But, you know, it's okay to drop the ball every now and again. We're human. <laughs> We spent the whole day yesterday just doing like remedial housework because <laughs> with relay, just everything. And we just turned around and went, we live like animals, like, <laughs> and not even cool animals, just like animals. <laughs> just bad animals. Bad animals. Well, I'm a podcaster. If only people could see how I live. Um, and yeah, but it's it's part of that thing, isn't it? If you're busy doing stuff, you know, you gotta t- you got to take a day sometime and, and just sort of. <laughs> wrap things just up, so to speak. Up. Yeah. Uh, just yeah. Catch up. And look, to use a bad play on words, it doesn't it's not quite as terrible as Eugene's aviation reference. Hey, before. that was gold. That <laughs> but was if gold. We bring, if we bring this baby into land, um <laughs> Kate Southern, That's I'm gonna ask one. you that que- yeah, thank you. I'm gonna ask that question that we ask of everyone who comes on Dirt Dirt Church Radio. And that's Kate, what's been your greatest run ever? This is so exciting, I have to tell you. Um I've listened to every single one of your podcasts and I've enjoyed every single person's greatest run ever. And I've often thought, what would be my greatest run ever? And uh, this is this is this is what it's going to be. So just to um, provide a bit of background, I have battled with anxiety on and off over probably ten years or so, maybe longer. Um, It stems from a very minor heart condition that I have, which is, um, it's benign and doesn't doesn't flare up too often, but um, I did have a particularly bad episode one one time, which had me in hospital for a while and, you know, basically ended up in a a big spiral of um, anxiety and possibly borderline depression at the time. So ever since then, I've been sort of, learning about how to deal with how to deal with that, how to manage that and how to live my life with it alongside me because it'll never go away. It'll just be there. So part of that anxiety was not being want not wanting to be alone, not wanting to be out of reach of um, you know, my husband if I needed help or an ambulance if I needed help or anything like that. So for quite some time, I was very anxious and I wouldn't run, I wouldn't even run along the river on my own in case something happened. Now, rationally, I knew that I would be okay and that I was always conscious and I always had my phone and I was always within cell phone reception and ambulances can get onto the riverside walkway, but still that anxiety had quite that hold on me. So it took me a few years to kind of break through that and um pick a small trail somewhere you know a local trail and do that all by myself without my husband with me and that was i remember the first time i did that that was amazing and then i thought i would quite like to do the manawatu gorge track have either of you done that one no no okay so it's a really neat pathway it's a lovely groomed trail 
quite a lot of elevation in it. It's 10, 10 or 11 k's one way and probably 1,200 metres of vert in one direction. Wow. Oof. Yeah, so it's it's pretty grunty. And it's based essentially two really big climbs. So climb up and then basically go all the way back down again and then back up and then back down to the other side. Um, and I wondered, I wonder if I could do it both ways, but I was always a bit nervous to do that on my own. So to cut a long story short, one day I actually did it on my own and I don't think I've ever been more proud of myself um, that I was brave enough to do that and that I could physically do that. And, yeah, I think that would have been my greatest run ever. It's a pretty amazing greatest run ever. Wow. And I think if you've dealt with anything to do with your heart – um, there's something quite, I mean, it's not like it's your leg, you know, it's yeah. your heart. If it stops, it's pretty central, really. <laughs> you're dead. Yeah. 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 <laughs> there's, it's very hard to come back from. Um, yeah, there's that sense of existential dread. So gosh, I mean, no wonder you felt anxious. What an amazing, and, tw- and so in that run, so 21K, 2,400 meters of it. Oh no, I got that wrong. Sorry. It's, it's. 1,200 in both directions. So it must be oh. about 600 one way. That's still, oh, forgive that's me. Still, no, no wonder. <laughs> no. So 1,200 over 21, 22K. It always, nobody really knows how long it is because GPS doesn't work that well in there. Hmm. Um, wow. Yeah, but for me, that was that was a big effort for me. And I know that there's, you know, it's like anything, there's always going to be people that have achieved a lot more and there'll be people that haven't achieved that yet. But for me that was a that was a massive a massive achievement that day and I'm something I'm I'll be proud of for quite some time, I think. Until I run this marathon all on my own. So watch out watch out for that entry. Watch out, Palmy. <laughs> yeah. That's fantastic. And that's you know to have not only just as you say the physical achievement of doing that, but but getting yourself there and and doing it and and I imagine you had to push yourself to to even have a crack at it. I did, yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Look, Kate, thank you so much for coming on. We've really uh, enjoyed having you on. It's it's been really lovely to connect with you. I hope you feel better soon. And um, yeah, yeah you have to take some apologies. Apologies for the uh, throat clearing along the way, but no, uh, you're fine. No I made way. a career out of it, but you'll um. <laughs> Yeah, you'll um, you have to take us on that gorge trail one day. It sounds amazing. Definitely, that's yeah. a date. That'd be great. Fantastic. Thank you. So there we go. What a great conversation. Thank you, Kate. You legend. Yeah. Just real. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. And such a positive, she's such a positive force on social media. You know, like plenty of people on social media are sort of, but yeah. Kate is always so uh, positive, isn't she? Yeah. yeah. Right. Thank you for tuning in. We're on social media at Dirt Church Radio, and you can email us, dirtchurchradio at gmail.com. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and other podcast platforms, and you can download direct from the website, which is dirtchurchradio.com. Also, if we're not where you want us, let us know. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us. Also, if you like what you see, please spread the love. It would be great as if many people heard the show as possible, and for that, we need your help. Don't forget to write in with your greatest run ever. Have we said that before yeah. during the show, Matt? I think we have. No. We'd love to hear from you. We would. <laughs> 
Thanks to our sponsors, Scott Running for the Faster, Spring Energy, and Cielli. And thank you to our Patreon supporters and Wild Things. Thank you to our editor, Kieran. We've got some amazing guests lined we do. up. For the next couple of weeks, really. We really do. So keep tuning so tune in. Tune in then. Look Ka- after yourself. Yes, be safe. Yeah. Kakite. Kakite. Thanks, Rippy.